Hello and welcome to Up My Street, the podcast that explores the world of creative placemaking and the clever initiatives that are engaging people in the places where they live, work and play. very exciting for me. This is episode number one and I'm very, very pleased to be joined by my co-host, Tracy Parr. Oh, hello. <laughs> so what we wanted to do is on this podcast is talk about lots of different um, initiatives, but also people um, and projects that we have heard about, that we have investigated, and also bring a lot of those guests in so that they can talk about what they're doing. Um, but mainly the reason this podcast came about was because... Um, Gosh, last year we yeah, were doing a lot yeah. of car sharing, weren't we? Um, and in the car on the way to work, because we work in buildings that are sort of next to each other, um, we'd have discussions about some of the projects that we'd either seen, spied or got involved with. And yeah, we want to take some of those conversations and bring them in front of the microphone. That's the plan. Yes, and we weren't allowed to do that in the car. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. No microphones in the car. Thank no you very much. Microphones in the car. Um, and then what we'll do is um, we'll try and build a picture of some of the I don't know game-changing projects that we've come across um, and also the people who have made them happen so Trey I think probably the best thing to do is start with an introduction so do you want to say who you are and what you do oh gosh um no not really it's so early (laughs) um yeah so my name is Tracy I am a tourism officer for a local council Um, And it's my job really to work with local areas and um, all sort of urban, really large villages, the towns within the borough, (laughs) Um, and just sort of help them do fun things, creative things, explore their heritage, explore what place means to them. Uh, Yeah, and just really help them and help us, I guess, to, to be happier and healthier in what we do. I love that. And I think that wellness, that well-being aspect is always really at the heart of these things, because people often forget that they're all interconnected. You know, when we're learning about creativity, art, culture, heritage, sport, that all plays into a healthy mind, healthy body. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, But you haven't always been a tourism officer. I haven't always been a tourism officer. No, that's a very new thing. Um, So before it was, I suppose it was my fault that things look nice. Now I just get other people to do it. Um, so yeah, I was a, uh, a creative practitioner. I worked a lot in the communities. Um, I did a lot of projects to get um, schools and community groups, um, different adults with needs, and just get them involved in the community, have exhibitions, um, prettify some trees and spaces, um, yeah, and work with some trails. Maybe I've done some trail work. That's right. So that's how we met, isn't it? So um Trey and I actually met years before we started working together. Yeah, years. Um, And I remember our first meeting, and it was a meeting, I think we were trying to figure out a way of working with each other, such each other out a little bit. And we had a meeting in a coffee shop in a local village, and it was really lovely. And I remember thinking at the time that we need to find a way of being able to work together. And we've managed to do that. And we did it, yeah. And we still like each other. (laughs) Which is really important. Um, Yeah, so the first project that we, the first big project that we worked together on was um, the first trail that um, my company making trails ever produced so um, that's in the local town where we work 
um, in Burton upon Trent. Ooh, name drop. <laughs> I did name drop. <laughs> well, I suddenly realised you were being very cagey. About I was being way. very vague. Um, <laughs> no haters, please. <laughs> <laughs> so the first trail we ever did is in our hometown of Burton upon Trent. So that was Burton Swans, and that was twenty five giant swan sculptures um and it was really wonderful because during that time um trey and i got to work together um and that was wonderful the fact that covid happened that that wasn't so great wasn't the best thing but a little yay uh, trails <laughs> yeah I mean absolutely we one of the things that that project really taught us and it was definitely the gu- the guinea pig project yeah. uh, that <laughs> led on to a whole company didn't it so um but yeah the the thing that we learned then was if we can deliver a trail during a pandemic we can deliver a trail no matter what and do anything yeah <laughs> unstoppable we fly Just now and call us wonder woman <laughs> that's fine um but yeah so it, it was a real steep learning curve um and in the end because of the that project um we actually got lots of artists involved to um, paint them local artists as well as artists from further afield and we actually got them into the brew house arts center um, and we were all socially distanced painting. Yeah, that was weird, wasn't it? Yeah. Sort the, of taking it in turns to go for a brew. Oops, sorry. Oops, no, yeah. you have to you, yeah, you wash your hands. Absolutely. It was a very peculiar moment because that's not usually how artists work. We're usually no. a lot more social creatures, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, so it was it was an interesting time. So everybody was socially distanced downstairs in the local art centre that was closed to the public. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we managed to get keys, so we were allowed to come in. Um, and we managed to deliver the trail. And what that's taught me was that um you know I, I like to work with people who are problem solvers and I think Trey you're in a similar mindset absolutely yeah. <laughs> from that point on um yeah we've worked together ever since really even if it's not directly on a project together because you know you're a high-flying tourism officer now. yeah that's it <laughs> <laughs> um we still get the opportunity to work together on projects um whether it be events or um yeah looking at potential projects i'm thinking about what we're we're, we're sort of thinking about virtual projects and virtual projects yes and situational projects and up and coming potential projects Mm -hmm. and yeah i mean so our our background is very much in creative and cultural um sectors hugely but what we really want to do is to talk to people about a really wide range of subjects and i know that um for example on the guest list so far (laughs) are people who are involved in sport in tourism in heritage sites i haven't told you about that one yet new new information (laughs) (laughs) um but there's a real wider group of um topics that feed into placemaking absolutely yeah you can't have one thing and call it a place like there's so much more to it than that so trey tell me what you think makes a place a good place oh what makes a good place um seeing yourself that's what it comes down to if you feel like a part of you is mirrored back at you where you are then you will be happy where you are if you don't see what you're looking for be that sport or space or culture or heritage then you will dislike it regardless of how tailored it is for other people so it's about making sure you capture a bit of everybody in a different way so that everyone can feel like they've got a part of that place so I guess ownership absolutely yeah yeah no I like that and I think um one of the things I like most about going to places and sort of having a mooch around and having a an explore of other towns and other cities is when I see something unexpected absolutely so something that I haven't necessarily 
seen before, whether it's a type of sculpture or a, a nice use of space or perhaps even a bit of gamification. I'm, I'm a big one for gamification. Oh, me too. Yeah, <laughs> so just having fun in a place and giving people sort of the opportunity and permission to enjoy the space that they're in and to yeah. have fun. I think permission's a really nice way of looking at it, yeah, saying that you are allowed here, this is yours, and what, what do you want to do with that, you know? No, I like that, yeah, absolutely. And I think as grown-ups, oh, <laughs> I mean, we can be so stuffy, can't we? I'm not down with that. No, it's not good. <laughs> there was a great um, project, so what I wanted to do as well is sort of talk to you about some of your favourite placemaking initiatives. So to give your brain some time to think, I'm oh. going to explain some of mine. Yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> so... It's really simple things. So I remember during lockdown, there was um, a very sweet thing that started to sweep across um, the UK and other countries as well, where people would go and do chalk drawings outside on the pavement in front of their houses. And this was just a really lovely sort of spontaneous thing that happened that kind of caught on through social media. Um, people would just either write slogans or do drawings. But my favourite of them was the guy who drew a um, like a racetrack on his drive, encouraging people to use his drive because it was like a flat concrete drive. So a bit bit of a boring space really but yeah so he drew like a a nice little racetrack so that people who were on their bikes with their kids or whatever could go and try the racetrack out did you see that online yeah that was cool that was yeah Yeah, and they and he just caught it on his um home cctv um but i just thought that was a really nice way of making a space that was a little bit uninspiring suddenly something to interact with and suddenly something a little bit fun and sweet and engaging so yeah that's my favourite bit of placemaking. Oh, that was very cute. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> Go on then, Trey, give me a couple of your favourites. Oh, gosh. Um, I think I enjoyed that, so because COVID, everyone was very isolated, and I know we all sort of found community and subsequently lost it again. Um, <laughs> oh, you cynic. <laughs> oh, I am. Um, but how people found that they were making their their own little sort of cul-de-sac festivals I guess so you had people dressing up as dinosaurs going to visit people and doing drop-offs you had um so your creative walkabouts that you use for events they were doing like pop-ups and going around really random little places but just you opened up the door I suppose it's a bit like the um the uh, oh what's the name you know the Santa the the Rotary Club Santa Yes, um, I did, and he, I did. <laughs> the tray was just flapping at me, uh, <laughs> the, desperately the place, trying the place. to. <laughs> and I had no idea who she, what she meant. She's yes. normally much better at understanding my. No, flaps. I do. So Ro- Rotary Club, they they have a really cool, um, like drivable motor sleigh, That's and, it, and everyone a, gets really excited, and, and it visit, visits and it lots of different all around streets. the areas. Yeah, and it, and as an adult without a young child, you you forget. And then you're like, who's blaring their music? This is, oh, yeah, it's the Rotary Club Santa. <laughs> and then you suddenly aren't as grumpy as you were like three seconds ago. But it was like Rotary Club Santa was popping up in all these little places to just bring that little sparks of joy in a time that nobody would have expected it. And I think the unexpected was just like a really a nice thing. Bringing little sparks of joy in an unexpected way. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> that's a nice little phrase. Well done, you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, I think as well, we um, we sometimes forget what place 
means and we do sometimes get a little bit hung up on place being the bricks and mortar absolutely um and that's not necessarily true no i don't think that's true at all um what's the point of having a fantastic building if there's nothing to put in it what's the point of having a fantastic building with stuff to put in it if you don't reach out to the people to come like what's the point if you reach out to the people to come but give them no reason to return like there's so much more than just building it and it comes it's not it's not like it used to be I know everyone was very excited. Remember when we had oh, wires? Wires, yeah. And um, do you remember when the uh, the octagon first went up, and everyone was so excited because we had this brand new shiny building? And okay, everyone let me explain see- context for those of you who don't live in Burton upon Trent. We um, we have a octagon shopping centre, which is the shape of an octagon. Yeah, yeah. it was. Everyone was very impressed that it was a different so some years square shape. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's very retro now. Um, but yeah, everyone was really excited and everyone wanted to go and it was really busy because you didn't really get new things. But now, with the internet, sorry to be cynical, but we can go to places easily. We can uh, we can go to places easily. We can see things easily. We don't even need to travel. It's all there. Um, so that's sort of been taken away, really. So there needs to be another reason to go rather than just seeing it because... It's so easy to see things. And I think the changing um, face of the high street is probably going to be a topic that crops up quite a lot. Oh, yeah, I'd imagine so. (laughs) (laughs) Because, you know, there's been a lot of um, studies about how we are now going to cope with the fact that people use shopping centres, not shopping centres, high streets, in a less of a retail focused manner yeah um and how how we as you know people who are interested in placemaking need to make sure that these spaces are fit for purpose so if the purpose is no longer retail or if it's less percentage as retail how do we make sure that the high street is still engaging and encouraging people to come and use it now obviously cafe culture is part of that yeah um but also culture culture <laughs> is, that, is that have i just made up a random phrase you know what i mean <laughs> yeah let's not use that again Ax <laughs> <clears throat> that bit um yeah so looking at arts looking at sport looking at community looking at events looking ah, yeah, at yes. that's a buzzword <laughs> for Trey there um yeah how we can utilize those things to make sure that we maintain the vibrancy or maybe inject some vibrancy into the places that have become a little bit dead absolutely um and I think part of the thing that we need to think of, especially as olds now. Stop it. Yeah, but we are. In my head, I'm still 17. In everybody's head, they're still 17. But that was this is where I was going. So I used to come into town as many Saturdays as physically possible. I used to walk in on Friday nights and hang out at the leisure centre. I had no money. There was you were no, so cool. <laughs> it wasn't me that was cool that was taking me to the leisure centre, but okay. <laughs> um but yeah, like you you went into town, you and your friends, they went into town and you hung out and there was obviously something there, some vibrancy that were bringing poor kids with nothing better to do <laughs> and no money in their pocket to spend into town. And I think we really need to consider what it was that those kids were coming into town for, because you could have hung out at the park, you could have hung out at your mate's house where there was a TV, like there was something as a kid bringing you into town it's got to be that sort of social aspect it's got to be that aspect of community and how we bring that back and how we start to engage people but I think as well you know we've got to look at all of the not as nice sides of um place so looking at how we can make the streets safer absolutely um, and how we can engage with um the companies the associations that can 
than help with that um, because because of what I do for a living. So I put art in public spaces and quite honestly, often wise, they are a target. Um, whether that target is um, physical vandalism, whether it's graffiti, mm. whether it's stupidity, <laughs> all of those things, um, then yeah, that, that we come across that as a problem quite often. And it's not just in art trails that that's a problem. That's, you know, a problem for towns, for cities, for rural areas, it just across the board, yeah. it's an issue. And what we found is the trails that we did before COVID, or should I say during COVID, <laughs> um, were treated so much more respectfully than the ones after. And I think with my compassionate heart, and I can get as upset as I want to about the fact that the project that we put our heart and souls into gets, you know, trashed <laughs> or <laughs> destroyed or whatever. We do fix them, I should point point out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we do go out and fix everything so they remain nice for everybody. everybody. But um, I can get as obsessed as I want to about that almost what I see as a personal attack. And I know it's not a personal attack. No, of course not. Um, however, with my compassionate hat on, isn't it just a reflection of the state of people's mental health? Absolutely, yeah. I suppose we could pick apart society all day and what COVID's done to, to people, the, the isolation, the lack of... Um, schools not giving that guidance to young people but it's not just covid is it no absolutely the the cost of living other words that we probably won't get into here but (laughs) yes finance nice um but yeah everything has just become harder and harder and it's really it's really hard to parent a society because that's what we do as a community we can't just assume look after each other yeah that's it and i think that's why why covid trails were better protected is because everybody had that that safe community thing but it's so hard to think outside of yourself when society is making you think about really hard things all of the time when you're worried about feeding your family and how you're going to pay for the house and things you're really not thinking about a sculpture trail yeah but when you when there's a safety net in place and space to really think about others that's that's the growth point I think that's what we need to find and again that's going to be another topic that we touch on throughout this um podcast because I think what we do and what we try to do in making places right and making places beautiful Absolutely. and usable and engage withable uh, mm, yeah no let's ask that one too <clears throat> edit um funnable <laughs> <laughs> but all the reason we're doing that is for the health mental health physical health general well-being of the people who use those spaces yeah we just want to make people's lives just better. be happy can we make you happy yeah. we just want to find ways of making people happy um and those ways are going to be varied and wide-ranging and they're going to mean different things to different people so i'm really excited to get into it yeah it'll be nice and it'll be really nice to hear other people's opinions because we i suppose we know a lot about Culture? lots <laughs> yeah that's it but not not in any in-depth way i couldn't tell you about policing a society or like how to encourage health in a really tangible and way with longevity you know I could put on a an event and a project saying have you considered biking or walking or walking yeah, <laughs> yeah like the trails I mean people got some miles in going around the trails sure did. but it doesn't it doesn't translate afterwards like that's that's the bit and I'm really interested in talking to people that can say and once we have done that we do this and then it works continuously you know absolutely and I think 
what's really fun for us um doing this podcast and hosting this podcast is it's essentially a, it's a way of us being able to talk to the people we want to learn from absolutely yeah. <laughs> steal some ideas and <clears throat> no um engage with and disseminate <laughs> useful information <laughs> to the masses and i hope that everybody listening as well gets an opportunity to learn something new maybe consider place in a different way maybe have some ideas about the places where you live work and play as well um and we do encourage you to engage with us um by i don't know you can get involved in the facebook and the instagram and and the the twitter yeah and the linkedin it's very exciting so um if you're able to we'd love to hear um some suggestions you have for people we'd like to maybe talk with yeah. if you've seen any amazing projects that you think do you know what this is a really excellent example of placemaking good placemaking in action then please get in contact with us and i'll leave all the details of how to do that in the show notes yeah show notes <laughs> look at me this podcasting thing is a whole new world for us both absolutely so, um, i'm banging i'm hitting wires <laughs> i'm flapping my arms about like a chicken and, uh, Matthew maybe is. we need a camera i think <laughs> let's not film them Um, (laughs) it'll be like radio one in here i think maybe um so do join us for the journey um and we really look forward to um learning loads from our guests so we'll and you (laughs) absolutely and you guys listening thanks for joining us on up my street thanks to my wonderful co-host tracy Parr. you're welcome and our beautiful producer matthew reed oh Oh, i do i just call you matthew uh, you call me whatever you want Okay, beautiful. <laughs> there we go, yeah. <laughs> Matt's from Microbrew Radio, our local community radio station in Burton-on-Trent, um, and they're very kindly hosting us for this podcast. Um, and join us next week for more discussions about placemaking and the incredible people who are making a difference where we work, live, and play. Bye! Bye! said only say goodbye but in my head i was hoping that you'd take this as a, i am gonna do you as well yeah i thought so i was keep that as a cook okay still recording oh, oh, sorry. <laughs> <You're good. clears throat>